I don't know why people always say, you know, you already did, you know, you have everything, you have fame, you have fortune, you know, why don't you just go and grow a tomato garden or something? Um, because it's not about proving that I can do one thing. It's, it's about, um, it's about, without sounding corny, being an artist and, and, and the artistic life is, is, is creation and when you have ideas you want to express them. So if, if you have one idea and it came off well, that doesn't mean that, you know, that's it. You know, life goes on. And as long as I'm inspired, I'm going to keep doing things. You're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast. Your place to come alive with all things Madonna Louise, Veronica Ciccone. Hey, this is Tony, and you just keep on pushing my love over the borderline. What's going on, Stefan? Hey, guys. How are you? Welcome back, Tony. Welcome. To another episode of the MLVC podcast. Yes, we're coming to you from Brooklyn on a Friday afternoon. A stone's throw from (laughs) Madame X tour rehearsals. Yes. Madame X is rehearsing in my neighborhood, and it's taken... A lot for me to not just show up there every morning and uh, watch the arrivals, but I will be respectful to the process and I will be (laughs) respectful to Madonna's security team. I, on the other hand, am not respectful to the process or Madonna's team. What have you done? I have been probably... well, I have a restraining order now against me. I can't I can't go in about like 100 yards from the studio. So I sort of just watch with binoculars. If you've ever seen The Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Remember, Recently, remember actually. Remember when Miss Piggy is sort of stalking Kermit? Um, in the dumpster. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of me. I, I have like a, I have my Madame X outfit on and I'm sort of like hiding behind scaffolding, looking for any signs of Madonna entering and leaving. And um, Madame X is a spy. Yes, exactly. So it's a... Uh, yeah, no, it's kind of fun. I'm surprised that you're not using this as like a spillover set for all of the dancers. Like, hey, if you want to come and take a break, you know, I'll watch your kids. Actually, I'm hosting a brunch for the Batuca Deiras on Sunday. <laughs> Invitation only. Nice. What does a Batuca Dera brunch entail? Is are there like bagels, uh, Batuca bagels, <laughs> or? Uh... It's a whole Batuca theme, and once I learn what Portuguese people like to eat, then that's what will be served. <laughs> well, so if yeah, if it's Portuguese, you have to have pastel donata. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh my god, pastel donata—they're amazing. They're like these little—they're uh, desserts, basically. They're everywhere. They're basically like the Lisbon equivalent of donuts. Oh, uh, so they're just like little flaky, crusty, almost like little pies with. Uh, custard inside they're very tasty i highly recommend it i think i'm gonna have to seek those out yeah there's there's a couple places in new york that sell them so definitely speaking of treats we got one this week with the crave remix by mnek yeah i was actually i love a good mnek song in general yeah me too and i'm i was pleasantly pleased to hear this remix Although I tried to dance to it, and it's not danceable, but it's very well produced. It's very interesting, and it definitely takes you on a journey. I like how he uses her voice, and mm-hmm. like he sort of loops it in fun ways. He did the same thing with Sway Lee. His his contribution to the song sounds great. Yeah, no, I, I would have. I'm surprised we didn't hear Emnek himself in that. Like he sort of inserted himself into Living for Love. Living for Love. Uh, 
I kind of, yeah, I mean, I guess when I hear that he's attached to a remix, I kind of feel like, oh, we're going to get a house song. We're going to be living for love again. Yeah, we're going to be dancing it up. And it's, it's kind of, he sort of kept to the vibe a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, which was good. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I would have loved if we had gotten just like a whole Crave EP of remixes. I, I'm hoping that's still in the books. Um, well, I, Tracy... Young. Young, thank you. I always want to say Tracy Anderson. That's her That's her fitness instructor. Her ex-fitness oh, instructor, ex stolen instructor. Yes. by Goop herself. Oh, really? Gwyneth took her? Yeah, Gwyneth took her. They're BFFs now. And Madonna... Well, I was going to say, did Gwyneth and, and Madonna have a falling out because of that? Yeah, this happened after Madonna left London. I think it oh, had something to do with... The dark days. Yeah, I think it had something to do with... Um, Guy, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, you... Tony, we said we weren't going to trade and gossip on this We're not going to trade and we gossip. This is as gossipy as we're going to get on this, this podcast. Is, this people. is, yeah. And, you know, in my world, Gwyneth and Madonna sit side by side, <laughs> at least in my medicine cabinet, where a goop product will be next to an MDNA skin product. <laughs> There's total democracy in my medicine cabinet. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, I do want a, a proper Crave remix deluge. I'm hoping that that's coming uh soon i guess i mean maybe it's too soon following the 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 other remixes for madame x i mean we got the batuka video uh not certain if that was considered a single but we did get a video but a batuka remix would be welcome wouldn't it god control remixes i'm waiting on god control remixes i'm waiting on what were the other remixes we just had oh i rise i rise which a, a great remix by tracy young I also wonder if there will be another single slash video release before the tour. I know. I was thinking that the other day. I'm like, if, if like, wish list, what song that we haven't gotten would you want? Fash Costoso. Yeah. So, okay. That she has to. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just like a no brainer. Like, if they don't put that together, I. It will be an international scandal. Shame on them. Uh, you know, they have to. I, I just, I can't imagine that she wouldn't. It's, I, I mean, to me, I was like, that's a summer, song of the summer if I've ever heard one. And Anita's so popular. She even has her own filter on Instagram. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. I saw a, a video of her and she was very scantily clad. It was almost just like she had no clothes on at all. Yeah. I didn't, so, I didn't realize she was that kind of like oh yeah, salacious. She, she's very salacious. She's very fash costoso. If you don't yeah. know what that means, <laughs> Google it. Um, Anita, please call Madonna when you get a chance. Yeah, they. I think that's probably what it is. They probably just have to coordinate mm-hmm. the logistics. Is she on tour or something? Or I don't know. I oh mean, no, wasn't people can't find where she is? Right. That's the whole like looking for where's Anita? Looking for Anita. Type. Yeah, I, mean, I I follow her on Instagram, and I think she was in London or Paris last week. You know, writhing around on a bed in a t-shirt. But you good know, for her. Well, isn't that what everybody does when they go to London? <laughs> I have. I literally have. My drawer of t-shirts for various occasions. Definitely I have one for writhing around on a bed in London. So I'm hoping that Madonna and Anita will link up and writhe and yeah, well, you know it's gotta be a, other, it's you know? gotta be a fun video. Yeah. Totally, but yeah, I'm uh, the only other I mean, of course, the the dance fan, Madonna and me, once I don't search, I find. Mm-hmm. But I from a like Madonna perspective, I could see her doing maybe like Come Alive or 
um, crazy, maybe, you know, like those things, they seem like they'd be a little bit, I mean, do we think she has one in the can? I, I hope so. You know, and I'm always surprised when I hear other fans tell me what songs they're listening to from Adam X and people really love Come Alive. Yeah, I do too. I, I do too. It's, it's a great I, I think it's great. I, I, it, it, it wasn't one of the first tracks that I like latched onto, but now it just flows whenever I listen to it. I, I love it. I feel like I'm gliding or mm-hmm. you know yeah it's hosting. very it's a nice anthemic madonna song i really and like. crazy is one of my top three from well that you know she's doing that on tour oh, yeah. So. yeah yes there was um so i don't know if we can take first i'm sorry i'm, I'm switching on to rehearsal tour rumors uh rumors started by her yes exactly it's like so, stop posting shit yeah. madonna no but I'm, I'm kidding the uh don't stop don't stop don't stop don't uh there was a clip that she showed uh, with Living for Love yeah, going on that. in the background. And I'm wondering, I'm like, are they literally like just pulling a fast one on us and playing stuff for shits and giggles to like just warm up and whatnot? Or is it like, oh, this is, she's really putting this in the tour. I won't be burned because this, whenever I see her performing a new or rehearsing a song, it takes me back to, I'm going to tell you a secret when she's rehearsing. I'm so stupid. Right. So grain of salt. I mean, you know? from a logistics standpoint, since we're at this point, I mean, just about a month away, they will have to lock the show. I assume within the next couple weeks. I mean, we don't know that they have. Already. No, I, I probably not. I mean, I bet you she has a, a sort of a foundation for what she thinks the show is going to be. But I mean, I, you know, like I've been sitting here wondering, are we going to have, I, I don't know, because it's going to be completely different from the stadium shows. So are we going to have screens? I don't know. Are we going to have three to five minute interludes where she goes off stage? Are there going to be sections? Yeah, I don't, I'm curious. I have a feeling she's sort of like taking the, her normal tours and just like flipping it upside down. And it's, I mean, in my head, I'm envisioning it to be much like a Broadway show. Like if she's going to be doing a theater style show Mm -hmm. in, in venues, I just am thinking it's got to be Broadway or Broadway-esque, not maybe as, you know, obviously she's not going to be like singing story. It's not going to be like Madonna doing her own jukebox musical. No, I think it'll be more like a cabaret show where she'll speak in between songs. Yeah. And the songs will be performed in not a very traditional way. Traditional I mean, as, as how it was recorded. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously she's going to be utilizing the live band probably. Flown in from Portugal. Tons, you know, like she's, and she always has, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm curious to see like how much of a, like a set we're going to have. Are the band just going to be on, you know, I guess, I guess we'll see. Where will the Batucaderas stand on stage? Will they be on bleachers? Will they be forming a circle around Madonna? Will they be coming out of the audience? These are questions that I want answers to. <laughs> yeah. Soon we will find out soon enough. So any other clues from Madonna's Instagram feed regarding tour rehearsals other than Living for Love, Human Nature. Human Nature. I feel the like- The I Rise remix. She yeah, was- well, that was fun. I, yeah. I mean, I, I doubt she's going to be- I don't know. I'm hoping including that- Including that in the- but I, I mean, one can hope. I don't know. Let's let's place our bets. I feel like if she's doing I Rise on stage, she's going to do a remix. I would love that. Yeah. 
All right. So I think one of the biggest things that happened most recently was the release of some Like a Prayer demos. Yeah, that was illegal. So I, I if anyone wasn't aware of what was happening, apparently uh, someone had a cassette tape with uh, some demos from the Like a Prayer sessions, and they were going to be selling it at an auction. So, of course, highly illegal, but uh, Patrick Leonard swooped in to save the day, basically saying, no, you're not going to profit off of these demos that you stole. I'm going to leak them for me. And so he just plopped them onto YouTube to sort of discount the sale of the... Because once, once he did that... No one wanted to buy the tape anymore because they didn't need to. You don't need to. You can just upload it. Yeah. So I, I thought it was fun that he that, that he sort of gifted us, and so there was uh, we got to hear the demo for "Like a Prayer," the demo for "Cherish," and then an unreleased song. Uh, Angels with dirty faces. Thank you. I was going to say angels that we have heard on high, but no. we're not. We're not. Madonna did not do a Christmas song. Just one, and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love Santa Baby. I know. Every Christmas, I look forward to hearing Santa Baby. It's like the only reason why I listen to the radio when I'm in the burbs. No. <laughs> Do you like Kylie's version of Santa Baby? I don't better? like any Christmas music, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, that's... But, you know, that's just... I, I, I have to be in the right mood, mm -hmm. but I, I do enjoy Santa Baby. I like that she sort of, like, has that Nikki Finn voice of, like, sort of, like, the Betty Boop sort of feel yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, but I digress. So... Uh, but I love how listening to those like a prayer demos that you can hear how that's the vocals that they used for the actual recording. Like they, she records the, the track, for, the demo track, and that's the vocals they use on the album. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, if you will recall to when uh, Patrick Leonard performed at Joe's Pub, especially for us, yes. <laughs> that's what it felt like. It did. Know? And he spoke about like a prayer and yeah, he said that they did two run throughs and then she sang and that's what they used. Um, yeah, it, it sounds so clear and her voice sounds so beautiful. And what I found funny listening to the demo though, is that there's no, um, you know, that the choir hasn't been added in. So, and, and the instrumentation is different. So it almost has that, like, who's that girl, true blue vibe. Correct. Well, I was thinking it sort of sounded like a karaoke version of it. It was almost like Madonna's karaoke into her own song. Right. But I mean, like the, the instrumentation, the way that the music sounds is very Patrick Leonard, Who's That Girl, True Blue, even Spotlight, you know, it, and it seems you're like... You're naming some great songs here. Tonight. Oh, no, they're amazing. But that was not the sound they were looking for to, comp to start a new, you know, era for her. So I'm glad that that was tweaked and, and, and you know, they made a discovery somewhere along the way that they, you know, needed to have Prince in there and they needed to have, a, you know, Andre Crouch, you know, directing this choir and, you know, just made it more organic, I would say. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they stepped it up. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of like, I sort of like, whenever I hear new Madonna demos, I'm always like, what else is out there? Yeah. You know, like what, what other treasure troves of, and then of course my mind always goes to, well, there's that whole like underground collectors, the like the the Madonna collectors who apparently like have all of those pieces of audio that like she's anything she's ever done. And I'm like, where are these people? Like, I want to know who these people are. And just like, 
can you please just invite me over for dinner? And just, I don't want to keep them. Yeah, we don't want to keep them. We don't want to take them out of your home. Right. We just, want to be invited for a listening just session. Just let me have, have me over and uh, let me listen to a couple of the demos. And then I'll go home and <laughs> I'll podcast about it. And I'll be like, I was at this really amazing dinner party where we got to hear so many cool Madonna songs. And I'm sworn to secrecy, but I'm going to hum a little bars. <laughs> I would be I would be interested in hearing what other demos from Like a Prayer, you know, transpired. You know, especially songs that we didn't hear. I'd love to hear what the Vogue demo was like mm-hmm. when they were making it as a B side to Keep It Together. I'd love to hear what Keep It Together sounded like. Oh yeah, I mean, just like any of the were there other songs that she was doing alongside like Justify My Love and Rescue Me. Um, there had to have been and i that's that's one of my favorite eras so i would love to um erotica sessions i mean i guess we've heard some of the rain tapes yeah. and whatnot but uh or you know like were there, were there other tracks going on for mdna or for uh i, I mean you know because i mean it's all dance music and yeah. I'm, I'm a huge you know like i there's got to be some some gems there and As long as I don't have to hear Liquid Love again, I'm good. Oh, (laughs) I like that. I like Liquid Love. It's cute. Yeah, I I didn't want it to be cute. Um, The other day I heard on Madame X Radio History and I forgot how good that song was. Mm, Are you grieving? I am grieving, you know. um, So just if anyone hasn't realized, uh, apparently there was a time limit on the... Yeah, Madame X X Radio Radio ended early morning august 1st i was listening to it and there was a remix of um nothing fails and all of a sudden it went into steely dan oh oh so it just like was a hard stop it was a hard stop how many weeks was it on it was on for four weeks it was so they did a month yeah it was july 1st august 1st and you know when it started i thought oh this is a cute idea but i don't need to listen to this because i've got everything she's recorded in my phone and i can just make playlists but it wasn't like that i mean it was like listening to the radio and you didn't know it was going to come up next and you know as i mentioned in between the songs there were sound clips of her talking about specific songs although towards the end of the month you realize that like wow i've heard all of these you know right 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 but it was still fun you know um madame x radio madame x radio and, and the funny thing is is that they had like maybe about five tracks that they just played over and over again like burning up the 12 inch version well of course who's that girl gambler Really? Oh yeah. Please don't tell me Jimmy Jimmy. They didn't I did not hear Jimmy Jimmy, but I did hear Love Makes the World Go Round. Um Sorry, I sorry. I shouldn't (laughs) I know I'm I'm rolling my eyes, but it's just I mean, at this point now, you know, after a 35 year plus career, I think we are all allowed to look back on some of the simpler (laughs) songs that she's done and not say every single one was a gem. I mean, let's be realistic, people. Well, not every song. It'd be like, you know, if you were doing something for 35 years and you would look back on your 35 years of, you know, I didn't really knock it out of the park with that project or that PowerPoint presentation probably was, could have been better or this, that. That's how I sort of look at like Jimmy Jimmy and Love Makes the World Go Round. See, I, I like I like True Blue from beginning to end, and Love Makes the Girl Love Makes the Girl Go Round. Love Makes the World Go Round was always one of those songs that I don't know. It was of its time, but I blocked it out until we saw Patrick Leonard perform it. Oh, right. oh, that's right. And and I was thinking, why would he pick this one? But he he really loves it. 
like he, I think it was one of he said it was one of the first songs he wrote for True Blue after Live to Tell, mm-hmm. and it's a soft spot for him and good for him, you know. But to hear it on Madame X Radio, I was like, wait, why can't we hear American Life instead? Mm-hmm. You know, or yeah, something harder, or something a little bit more. But for the most part, I listen to it every day on the way to work, on the way home, and Madame X Radio just made me very, very happy. So I've been reading up on what's new, what's hot, what's popping with Madonna, and... Ooh, I can't wait. I know, right? There's so much going on lately. Um, No, actually, you know, she's in rehearsals for the Madame X tour, so there's not a lot of activity outside of that, but, you know... If you, if you think I'm reaching when I start talking about Madonna's new slot machine, I might be. But if anyone has ever seen one of these Madonna slot machines at the casino, it's they're pretty impressive. You know, I mean, they're fully interactive. Uh, you know, if you hit a jackpot, it'll, you know, play all her hits. But there's a new one that's a Material Girl slot machine. And apparently it's going to be a big deal in a casino near you. See, I thought you were going to say if we if we hit the jackpot, Madonna comes out and gives us the money. See, that would be... I would play a Madonna slot machine for that. I don't think Madonna would show up in a casino she, unless she was playing in the just, venue outside. She's just on retainer. Yeah, on So retainer. just like st- wait in a room and like, guys, how much longer is this going to take? You're the 1,000th winner of the material girl yeah. slot machine. Hi, congratulations. Get what, the picture. What song would you like me to sing for you? And then the that other... would be honestly, I would take that. Yeah, it's like the chance to play a Madonna slot machine and not win money, but to have Madonna come out and perform the song of your choice. I would play. I'd be in line. Or like, even... Imagine if they, like that was at like the Madame X. Okay, here we're, we're spitballing now, and this is. I would love <laughs> to hear this. So I'd love to have this. If we could have a Madonna slot machine in the lobby at BAM, and <laughs> you get a chance to like, fine, it's five dollars, ten dollars, whatever, twenty bucks fine and if you if you get the jackpot you can pick the like wild card song of like this is what madonna has to sing in that wild card slot that would be fucking amazing yeah but then the guy who wins it's gonna be like i want to hear this used to be my playground uh, <laughs> okay i mean i love this used to be my playground i know me too but she'll get mad well she like actually it. i was gonna say if she if she was ever and obviously she's never gonna do something like this unless she was like dirt poor and penniless which will never happen but <laughs> if if there was like some s- silly promotion that she was going to do she would probably have like 10 songs out of that you know like she would have to have at least rehearsed somewhat and ready oh, yeah. to go and then out of the 10 you get to pick one so it would be like be i would love that yeah i mean you know she she, she did that with the request in the last tour uh, oh in the tour before last yeah so you know, I mean, obviously, obviously I'm, I'm taking this a little far, but you're taking it way too far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Madonna slot machine. Have you? Are you planning to play it at Atlantic City? If I find myself in Atlantic City, you're gonna t- you're gonna put on your little tracksuit with your fanny pack and scuttle on down with your purse full of coins. And Maybe s- I'll wear a Supreme hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone knows the damn truth about how vinyl is, you know everyone's favorite way to purchase music these days. It's very en vogue. It's very en vogue. But in the last two years, everyone's been releasing cassettes and, you know, varying degrees of success. Well, I found out that in the UK, um, Madonna's Madame X cassette 
is number three in the charts after Billie Eilish and Kylie Minogue, who also released their albums on in cassette form. That's very good company. It is very good company. Um, I myself got a Madame X cassette in the box set that I ordered, but what's funny is that there's no track listing on the actual cassette or in the sleeve that the cassette comes in, so it actually looks like a prop. Is it... Are there, is it, have you played it? No, because I don't have a cassette player. <laughs> so it could feasibly just be a blank cassette. It could be. Um, I Can will, you imagine? I they just send you a prop. I'm thinking about if, buying uh, a Walkman online and, um, you know, just so I can listen to Madame X on a cassette. But I'm also wondering if it's 13 tracks, if it's mm, 18 tracks. What, what's the standard issue? Is it 12 or 13 songs? 13 is the standard, yes. yeah. They can, so, they can fit that on a tape, yeah? I don't know. I thought tape, you know, back in the day, I felt like all my tapes were five songs on each side. Yeah, something like that. Well, they've, anyway, if, they've and, made really big advancements in cassette tape technology since the 80s. And they didn't tell us about yeah, it, apparently. Well, who, so who, who if any of you guys have the cassette and you've heard it, drop us a line and let us know what it sounds like. And if you don't, then I will next time. I know, you know, it's weird. I always wonder what happened because i still have cassette tapes like my like a prayer cassette tape which i love because it smells like patchouli oil and i love that smell i still have the first madonna album on cassette the first cassette that i yeah. got like i have all those albums on cassette and i i think back and i'm like i don't even know how i would listen to them and then i start thinking well i know that i used to have like a sony walkman mm -hmm. and then i can't remember what where it went like where it's like this this black hole of like where did that old technology go? Where did like, the disc man I didn't, go? I didn't sell those things. Mm -hmm. I didn't give them to people. I'm like, where I'm like, unless my mother just threw them out when she moved out of my childhood home. Hell, which, I don't even know where my iPod is. Oh no, I still have my iPod. I <laughs> actually I the only reason I stopped using my iPod was because I dropped it and it stopped working. But I had didn't have the hard I love that little scroll wheel. But uh, yeah. Now it's like, but yeah, like where did it all go? Like there's just some like Walkman Cemetery waiting for us to play the Madame X cassette tape. Well, you know, in, in true Madonna fashion, I gotta go out and buy something. Just get like a really old, like 80s boombox. Yeah. So you can like John Cryer in front of the tour rehearsals. Oh my God, we have to do this. Okay, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going on Amazon and buying a boombox. Oh my God, that Watch would be me. so brilliant. Can you imagine? We just are like rescue me standing out there in front of and like. Everyone in the neighborhood would just think we were crazy. Does anybody have a Rescue Me single they could lend I us? I think I have one. I'm telling you, I have I have to find all those cassette tapes. I bought Rescue... I, I love Rescue Me so much. I bought it in every format. I have the CD single, the CD maxi single, of course. the single, uh -huh. <laughs> and then also the, the maxi single, and the 45. I remember when that came out. The one thing I was most disappointed was is the that cover art. They were reusing Justify My Love. I'm like, that's not Rescue Me. That's that was Justify lazy. My Love. But I mean, I get it. You know, they did the same thing with Bedtime Story, uh, right. Maxi single. There was a photo still from the Take a Bow video, which made me so angry. Yes. And then the front was just a screenshot of her hand from the video. I was like, excuse me. Yeah. Is anybody working here? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> Hello. So. Stefan, um, <clears throat> yes. it's August, and that means it's time for the MTV Video Music Awards. Yes, they had just announced, in case anyone still cares, they just <laughs> announced the, well, I guess who the nominations are for the Video Music Awards. 
I heard some rumblings in the fan community that people were outraged that there was that they overlooked Madonna's amazing efforts. So, what I, an outrage! I I do have to agree. I, I feel like Madonna stepped up her game and she released some stupendously wonderful videos. Uh, you know, Medellin, and then we have God Control. I mean, I think some of the, uh, well, I, I mean, Crave is a great video too, but, uh, you know, like those, of uh, uh, the three videos that she sort of like appears in, um, well, I guess Patuka would have been too late in the in the running, but I think the, the two videos that people were sort of like mostly thinking should have been nominated, which I agree with, would have been Medellin and God Control. And they weren't nominated. And... Yeah, fans were a little irate. Now, I looked back at all of the past years of VMAs um, and Madonna's involvement, and I thought maybe we could spend a little time sort of unpacking Madonna and MTV, or specifically the Video Music Awards um, and her involvement and their involvement with her. Um, because I think it's important, you know, like... Here are these two brands. They kind of grew up together. Yeah, that they, you know, they sort of they birthed each other. They birthed at the same time, and they were really dependent on each other's success. I think one needed the other just as much. Um, so I think it's a fascinating look at here are these two iconic brands in pop music, and what happens as those brands start to quote-unquote age and sort of pull apart yeah they they sort of you know and obviously they've never come out and said this publicly but you can see that they start to take steps away from each other Mm -hmm. mostly i think because they she didn't need them and they didn't need her you know pop culture starts to change and shift and some people become more relevant and others just, you know, like she's, she wasn't this shiny brand new toy anymore. Mm-hmm. And she was still doing stuff that was shocking and whatnot. But I guess, you know, MTV sort of was going after a younger audience. And yeah. And they went more urban and they went more electronic in a way that just didn't make her relevant at, you know, for what they were looking to fill their space in. Yeah. It's, um, but it's fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I was shocked when I looked back at how much she actually has been a part of those award shows. And, um, yeah, I thought it'd be fun to just take a, a little stroll down Madonna MTV Awards memory lane. Absolutely. I mean, the first MTV Awards were in 1984, hosted by Dan Aykroyd and Bette Midler. And it was kind of like a kitchen sink affair. They threw everybody that had a video on to perform on the show and to be a presenter and what have you. And, you know, Madonna was just one of many, but then she showed up on stage on top of that wedding cake and the performance was supposed, was choreographed to be one way and it turned out to be something completely different and it made her a star. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, obviously everyone knows that it's one of her most iconic MTV VMA performances. She it's, lost her shoe. She ripped her dress. She, she had garter belt on. You know, rolled around her, on the you know, floor. Started humping her her little her veil and uh, yeah. I mean, it's not the pristine 
choreographed, tight, organized uh, performance that Madonna would come to be known for. Thank God, though. Thank goodness. Uh, but I kind of like it. I like how it was sort of like messy and sort of all over the place. And it was, you know, mess. it was like her 80s hair, messy and carefree. What I loved about it, though, it was very indicative of what was going on with her at the time. She was the girl from the street who got dressed up and taken uptown. Mm. You know? Oh, I like that, Tony. <laughs> uh, I'll be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> So then in 1986, um, there was a, I guess she took the year off in 85 for Desperately Seeking Susan and the Virgin Tour and all that. Uh, She came back in 86. With a whole new look. Whole new look. Blonde platinum. um, To receive uh, the Video Vanguard Award. It was not yet called the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard. So it was just the Video Vanguard Award. And... Although this was probably only like the third year MTV had done the award show, she was the very first woman to be given the accolade, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of impressive. And uh, if you've not seen it, and it's fun to it's funny to think that like she was given that award so early on in her career because it had only been <laughs> like three years since she'd been out. Yeah, but she already had ten videos. Right, which is yeah. why it's crazy <laughs> to think like you forget that like she had done so much mm-hmm. in just that short span of time. I almost feel like they could give it to her again. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I think they've sort of moved on. She's sort of moved on. But yeah, she, and if you look up, you can Google it. and uh, She comes out in the full true blue get up you know like it looks like she basically like went from filming the video and just walked onto the set of the vmas and was like oh i'll sure i'll take this award okay i gotta go by and you know also that was i think the third vmas so it was still very rickety and all over the place you know it didn't have that like gloss that it got in the 90s you know it didn't have that respectability that other well i think downtown julie brown was on it so that's you know that gives you a little and bobcat goldweight right (laughs) Um, so then in 87, we got another performance from Madonna. However, this was... It was dialed in. Yes. It was not a live on stage at the VMAs. It was a live from Italy, uh, on her. She was on tour for the Who's That Girl World Tour. And, but I, I mean, you know, it's a testament to sort of show how important she was to that network at the time where they were like, um, we need her to be on the show. Let's just get her. Yeah, she's on tour. Yeah, you know? we need her. And, and, you know, and back then in the 80s, whenever you saw anything on TV and in the corner, big yellow letters said via satellite, you knew you were in for something completely exclusive. And if you don't watch it now, you're never going to see it again. Right, until it came out on DVD. Well, uh, you know, right. we but, all know about Ciao Italia, but that's, yes. you know, another discussion. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so she performed Causing a Commotion. and On uh, a conveyor belt. With, with that hat, right? It was yeah, like, and the kid yeah, and was, Shabadoo and all those other guys. Yeah, it was cute. It was nice. Um, it was a neat. It was very neat. Uh, then in 1989, I think this to me has always been the best performance ever. Yeah, like it's if you're gonna like, I mean, we'll get to the next one that I also love as well. But in terms of like best Madonna VMA performances watching her do Express Yourself with Nikki and Donna. Inventing voguing. Yeah, and coming out for the first time <laughs> with some Vogue choreography. It's kind of brilliant. And mm-hmm. you don't realize, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, but like looking back, like that song went on for like 
10 minutes, it yeah. felt like. Like, it was the longest version of Express Yourself. I'm like, I can't believe that that's how long the song actually was. 100% live vocals. Yeah, she's singing and dancing her ass off. I love the uh, the inclusion of uh, the everybody sample at the beginning. It was great. I love the whole little chair routine where she, like... and. You know, we all know Madonna loves her staircases and she had some fun. Especially st- if they light up. Yes. You know, wearing the corset and the the whole look. I love the 80s look with the little, uh, the monocle. and With her cherished hair. Her, her, yes. It was just brilliant. It was, it was really, really fun. And I remember uh, watching it live and it got me so excited. I literally jumped around my living room for two hours. I don't know why. But it was such a girl power song yeah, at the time. It was energizing. And, we didn't know about Blonde Ambition yet. Yes. We didn't, we had no idea that that would even be what would inspire the opening number, you know, but it was. Well, and who knows? I mean, maybe that's something she was working on mm-hmm. because she, remember, she was supposed to be touring for Pepsi. Yeah. She, they were, we were supposed to get the Like a Prayer tour and that got shifted and switched and changed. And I'm almost thankful that it did happen that way because we pro- Blind Ambition probably would have been very, very different. Yeah, and plus I didn't want to go to a concert and drink Pepsi when Coke is my number one. Mm. Yeah, true. Although I did, I had an addiction to Crystal Pepsi when it came out. Ew. I know. I actually, they brought it back, I think just recently, and I wanted to find it and try it, and I forgot because I never drink soda yeah. anymore, but I I think I have like, my body has like twitches about drinking that stuff still. It just, mm. it's, I remember having a, a Pepsi can with the Like a Prayer stamp on the back. Mm. Do you still have it? I had it for years and it was... it you threw it out. No, I, I don't know if I threw it out or not. It See, must be in the in same the, landfill it's in with the graveyard the with the yeah. Walkmans. Yes, we got to find this walk. We and gotta also, find this graveyard. do you remember three inch discs? Tony, I'm not a size queen, but um, <laughs> there were three inch CDs that were singles, like mini, yeah, like tiny. And I had all the Madonna three inch really? singles. Yeah, there was one. You know, they had like Sire Records came out with these um, like uh, almost greatest hits like three inch singles mm. like one of them had a playground and the flip side was everybody you know oh, like stuff like that but yeah where where are those yeah I don't, anyone yeah, someone stole them from anyone you. someone took them from you uh so then 1990 comes along and to me this is probably one of the most iconic madonna performances of all time much right. less uh from you know the VMAs. It's iconic. And to quote Madonna when she was on SNL for Coffee Talk, Madonna looked beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I mean, she comes out, you knew, I mean, she was the last, if you haven't, if you didn't watch the show live, which... It was a long ass it show. It was a long show. And she had been up nominated for every possible award that she could have been nominated for that year. She lost out to Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You. It was really disappointing. As one like, does. It was outrageous. Like, I remember watching that thinking, this is bullshit. Because, but she beat R.E.M. She beat everybody. Yeah, I mean, she did. But MC Hammer. I was rooting for, Vanilla Ice. for Madonna, and Madonna did not get it. And then, you know... She was like the big, one of the big performers that night, and she was closing the show. So here she is. Yeah, but did you think that Madonna was going to win for a song about a magazine? I did, Tony. (laughs) I I thought she was going to win. Better than Sinead O'Connor in a fucking shaved head with a turtleneck on. I mean, that video. It was a print song. You can't argue. The song is good, but the video, I thought, was just boring. And at the time, like, 
you couldn't tell me otherwise. Oh my like, God. Remember she, whenever she accepted each award, she was just like a stone cold bitch. You know, yeah, was, she was like, thank you very much. I hate America. Goodbye. Yeah. It was, it's, yeah. <laughs> What's happened to her now? Hasn't she, she's troubled now. Right? Yeah. And I, I, we wish her the best. Yeah, we do. Yeah. That's all we'll say about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would just remember like when Madonna came out, performed Vogue and I love that it was like, no fucks to give. Please tell us what she was wearing, Stefan. Well, it was a, a like an Elizabethan, basically. What? Well, we all know what she wore. I mean, we can, we can <laughs> you can, you can cue it up. And she was wearing Michelle Pfeiffer's costume from Dangerous Liaison. She looked gorgeous. Um, I loved her look, and this, and to me, the thing that I love the most about that performance is, up until then, the performances of any performer at the VMAs were always very sort of simple mm-hmm. and very not, not I don't want to say basic but like they were not over the top yet right and she came out and although it was still a very simplistic performance in terms of like you know there was no real large set and it was I mean the staging was very simple it was mostly all about the choreography and the dancers and the, the energy that they brought it certainly wasn't about singing but that's what I love. I love that she was like, I am not going to go out there and try to sing. I'm just going to lip sync my way through it. It's a performance piece. Right. And it works beautifully. People were dying. And I almost sometimes wish that she would do more of that now because, and again, I'm, I'm not trashing Madonna when I say this, but it's like, we all know it. Like everyone right now, go try running around the block and singing one of her songs while you do it. And you tell me if either you're running or you're singing are going to be top notch. They're just not, it's not going to happen. And I think she made a great creative choice where she's like, I want to do a kick-ass performance and I'm not going to sing. And so she just like, doesn't even, not even a microphone. Mm-hmm. Like it just, just goes out, lip syncs it and she knocks it out of the park. And I just love the last shot of her when they're carrying her off on that seat where she has the little opera glasses yeah. in front of her and her, fa- oh no, it's when she's taking the bow Yeah. and her face is like, you fuckers didn't give me one single award. But and I just slayed all I, of I you. Look at the brilliant performance I just gave you. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think she, basically she didn't win a, a moon man for anything, but who gives a shit because her performance, nobody remembers Sinead. Did Sinead O'Connor perform that night? I don't know. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and then a mere three months later, she drops Justify My Love in the Immaculate Collection, which... And all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. So yeah, just just to show you that, you know, she was not resting on her laurels. She was not waiting around for awards that she was not going to receive. She was just going to keep on going and eventually take off all her clothes and make another amazing album. And, you know, that's just what Madonna does. Yeah, that's true. And then... So then Madonna took a little reprieve from the VMAs. Uh, she took a couple years away because she was busy. You know? She was busy taking her clothes off. And she was making movies. Making movies. And writing books. Yeah, she was, you know, getting her, writing a new album. Uh, she then, uh, in 1993, uh, she came back to the VMAs and she, she opened that, that night. Yes. What song did she open with, Tony? Bye Bye Baby. Yes. Uh, and I remember when I saw that because this was before 
the girly show, I think logistically it was. Yes, it was. The girly show opened in London in October. Right. So we hadn't sort of seen her look for that tour just yet. And I remember when she came out and she had the bandana on her head. And I was like, oh my God, she shaved her head. That's all I kept thinking when I saw that performance. I was like, no, Madonna, why would you shave your head? Like, I mean, little did we know it was because her fever video hair snapped off all, all her hair and she just like cut it into that little pix. Listen, little, nobody told you. Pharaoh cut. Nobody told you to dye your hair red, Madonna. I, I mean, I, I love that she went for it. You know, like mm-hmm. she didn't do wigs. She was like, no, I want pink hair. I'm going to dye it pink as opposed to I'm just going to pop a wig on you. Like she was real people. <laughs> Madonna really did it. And no wigs for this lady. Yeah. Well, except for now. But the, I think Madame X loves a good wig. She does. She's changed her mind now. She's not fucking around with her hair. She's like, I've been down that road before. I am not doing it again. Listen, the wig budget on the Batuka video alone <laughs> could feed the entire country of Portugal for a year. <laughs> Pastel Donata for everyone. <laughs> okay, so then 1994 comes around and we'll set the scene a little bit. So she doesn't perform. She came out on stage with David Letterman. The whole backstory, of course, if you don't remember watch the the this interview by the way because it's it's such iconic madonna at the time she had done a very contentious uh interview with david letterman on his show um she was stoned she was promoting i'll remember is that what she was yeah, there for? She okay. was there to promote. I knew she I'll was hawking something. And she was she'd been hanging out with uh, basketball players and Tupac, and she was stoned, and she kept talking about smoking endo, but she dropped the f word thirteen times, which is brilliant because obviously <laughs> it was network television; they weren't allowing her to do it, so they had to bleep her out every time. But I think up until that point in like network television, no one was daring to try to curse because Mm. they knew they weren't supposed to. And Madonna was literally just like, she was just saying it over and over. And and Letterman was given, I mean, they were sort of like fighting for fun, you know, like it wasn't a real, a real fight, but, and it went on forever. Yeah. But I'm sure in the background, the producers were throwing a fit, you know, cause they were going to get fined. The network was probably not having, you know, a good time either. I mean, that's why she was kept off that show for several years. Well, right? but I also think the producers were secretly loving it. Oh, yeah. Otherwise they wouldn't have kept her on for three segments. Apparently she was front page news every day. It was an international scandal. Yeah. The, the, there, apparently there was like some like little, like high schooler who was going to be on the show because he like, could bag groceries really super fast. Oh, I think I heard that. And he like got bumped because she kept, they just, they knew that her and him were creating amazing television. Mm-hmm. So they just kept her on. And of course, when that happens, other people get bumped and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, anyway, the media blew it up to be, it was this fight and they were, you know, sparring with each other. And, but keep in mind, this is during a time when there was no social media. There was no social media and Madonna could, you know, Flip her hair and it would make news. Right. Simpler times. Simpler times. But for the, yes, for the 94 VMAs, uh, Madonna came out on stage, escorted by David Letterman, sort of basically was like walking her out, Mm -hmm. you know, to the, to the pulpit. It was, it was very nice. Um, It was almost as if if he were escorting her to the prom. Yes. Uh, She was in her peak bedtime stories look. Uh, Think 
a secret video, but she was dressed in a beautiful 30s gown. She looked kind of like Jean Harlow. Very gorgeous. Very gorgeous. And I just loved, yeah, Letterman was like, I'll, I'll wait for you in the car. Yeah. <laughs> watch your language. Yeah, watch your language. <laughs> um, then 1995, Madonna comes back. In 95. Wearing pants. Yes. And I remember she said she wanted to perform, so but she couldn't. And so she did that crazy dance. It was sort of like the bus stop dance that yeah. she does in Holiday at Blind Ambition. Mm-hmm. The um, hip thing. Yeah. And she had some beautiful extensions. Yeah. She had a, this big fall, you know, and it was very, it was, it was kind of ahead of its time. That It was moment. gorgeous. She looked yeah. really beautiful. Uh, that uh, metallic blue silk number silk of some number. sort of like shift. yeah it was yeah. like it was yeah she was looked gorgeous uh but yeah she was there to um present best rap video because i think at the time she had didn't she sign um a rap group to maverick records yes proper grounds, proper grounds. Uh, she spoke about them on the arsenio hall show too she said they were amazing. I remember buying their tape and oh, they were not amazing. Not. <laughs> but I did that back then. I don't know if you guys did too, but every time there was a Maverick release, guess who was at the store buying it? Showing your support. That's well, really sweet, Tony. I mean, she might make an appearance. I wonder if she knows that. I don't think she does. I don't think she does either. <laughs> but yeah, she. Um, so she was there to present Best Rap Video. I think most people would remember her appearance at the VMAs that year less because of the uh, award she was giving out and more because of the post-show interview. Mm-hmm. Um, look it up if you haven't looked it up yet. Uh, it's her and Kurt Loder doing a little interview. And, and what's funny is that the interview, before it was interrupted, was about something to remember. Mm-hmm. She was plugging that, or it was going to be coming out in November, and she was going to be talking about the new ballads that she wrote and produced and all the songs that were going to be on an album for the first time. But then all of a sudden, a compact flew into her airspace. Uh, face compact, like makeup compact, yeah, like not, a, not a compact car. Yeah, a compact mirror. And, and then I, you know, Madonna looked down and she said, oh, I think Courtney Love is in dire need of attention. <laughs> and that's when the interview got really interesting. So, yeah, I, I think... It, not to she, miss an opportunity, Kurt Loder asked Courtney Love to come up and, and chat with them. And thank God he did. Yeah. Because... TV uh, history was made. Yes, it was brilliant television to watch. Was she stoned, high? What, she, she Courtney was on... Love was drunk. She was holding a drink. Oh, okay. And I'm sure other substances were visited earlier. Yeah, she, yeah, because yeah, she was a bit of a mess. But it was a, it's a great... Didn't she fall at some point off the chair? And mm-hmm. I mean, it was it's it's good. It's pretty good. You could and you could see that Madonna was like you could see her eyes darting to her publicist to be like, should I stay here for this? Yeah. And they were like, get her out of there. Yeah, and you know, Madonna was trying to be funny, but she was very bitchy at the same time. I think she really wanted to talk about something to remember, because you know, so much has been said about her life, but no one really talks about the music. Oh, and it's always <laughs> been about the music. So, uh, you know, Courtney came up and I guess a, a, a faux rivalry was created. Um, it was kind of funny, though. But, yeah. but then they were both on the cover of Rolling Stone with Tina Turner. Yeah, so it's not like there's if, no war. If they hated each other, why were they in a photo shoot? Well, first? I think that's actually, I think in that picture, that's what's happening. I think Tina Turner was actually trying to keep Madonna and Courtney Love apart in a fight. So what you're actually witnessing on the cover of that Rolling Stone is 
the Courtney Love Madonna bra. I'm kidding. I'm not. No, I, I think Madonna was trying to swat Courtney with her hair, and Tina jumped in and did a proud Mary. That actually, that's a really fun. I love. I'm gonna say that that's what that cover is from now on. Um, okay. So then in 1995, uh, she's going for gold here. Madonna, she is yeah. just like making appearances left and right in the 90s here. At So that was 95. And then the next one would be 97. 97. That was the year that um, Ray of Light was released. Yes, but she was not there for Ray of Light yet. She was there to introduce Prodigy. Another Maverick recording artist. Yes. And uh, I don't believe Prodigy was actually in-house. I think they actually went to yeah, they Prodigy went, in like Liverpool or yeah, something. Yeah, via satellite. I just remember that when she introduced Prodigy, she was, she just seemed really arrogant. She was like, none of you know who this group is. I'm here to introduce you to the world of Electronica from the UK. Yes, correct. You know? And I'm like, bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that was her small involvement in 97. 98, she then comes back to the performing stage. Of to the give you a full ray of light regurgitation. Yes, and we got dark-haired Madonna. Uh, she was all hennaed up, and she opened with a little bit of Shanti, and then went into a full-on rendition of Ray of Light with guest star Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, how did guitar. he end up there? Yeah, well, he probably, like, she owed him, he owed her something from back in the uh, Justify My, My Love. Love days, yeah. So, I my only problem with that, I'm sorry, I don't want to say my only problem. I love that performance, but it was weird seeing her sing uh, Ray of Light with dark hair because I felt like Ray of Light to me is always like a blonde Madonna. Yeah. And it just seemed like it was a little at odds with it. But I agree. Uh, the hair works well with Nothing Really Matters, but no other song. Or, actually, I no, like it. Power I like it. Goodbye. Power of Goodbye. Power of Goodbye. That, that's a good look, too, even though she looked a little bit too much like Shannon Doherty. But oh, interesting. It, it's okay, Madonna. You can... No, I thought she looked gorgeous in Power of Goodbye. Yeah, I love the shoes in the water. Dress. Dress. Beautiful. The kiss with Gorn Vincent. Yeah. Oh, just, God, it's so good. The whole thing. Playing chess on the beach, you know. Who doesn't do that? I know I do. Okay, so then 1999, <laughs> uh, we did not get a Madonna performance. We did get a bit of pomp and circumstance, though. In 1999, MTV decided to honor her for being the female, well, just general artist, but also female, uh, the most nominated artist in VMA history. So she had the most nominations of any artist ever for the show. And so to do that, they sort of commemorated her with a very fun performance. If you've ever, not mm -hmm. performance, but little sort of like a tribute. Yeah. A tribute. Uh, with a whole bunch of drag Queens all coming out to different songs of hers dressed as the Madonna from that era. And then Madonna comes out to beautiful stranger mm -hmm. playing in the background. She, does this very cute walk up and down, looking at all the drag queens, touching them, sort of this and that. And her famous line when she gets the award is, you know, it takes a real man to fill my shoes. Very cute. Yeah. Little did Madonna know that there was something bubbling under the surface. She was only two months away from the debut of Britney Spears. And Sink and Backstreet Boys were about to really take over. And the landscape of music was about to change yeah. in six months, maybe not even that long, less. So from there, Madonna went to London, created music, the album, and 
kind of separated herself from that pop landscape, I would say. Yeah, it was weird that like over those next couple of few years, she wasn't utilizing. She didn't MTV. participate. Yeah, it just she was not involved in it, like no performances, no, um, which is a shame because. I mean, I guess, obviously, if she's on tour and she can't, mm -hmm. um, but I think that's actually... And Drowned World was a very serious affair. There was a couple of light moments, but for the most part, it was it was a dark show. Yeah, and I think that that's sort of like when she starts to, you know, I mean, she had done Evita, she had done, you know, she was doing more projects and her... Projects with tone. Yes. <laughs> Her tours were sort of coming towards the fall, mm -hmm. uh, which is when the award MTV is does their award shows. So I think it just logistically was sort of a challenge, and then maybe creatively it was a challenge as well. Mm -hmm. um, we don't get her. I mean, she didn't. She did a couple years later in two thousand three come back and made a huge splash. Like she hadn't been on stage for a while and then when she does come back she comes back big but before she does um it's the second instance of mtv refusing to play another one of her videos the first time was in 1990 when justify my love was released and mtv's like we're not playing this right under any circumstance uh, 91, 91. That was 91, right. And then Erotica, they... They played once. They played once after Midnight. And then again, uh, for the music album, she released a video directed by Guy Ritchie. It was a remix for What It Feels Like for a Girl. And that was... MTV's like, I'm, we're no. We're done. We're not doing this. You know? And I think that's when Madonna kind of... You know, was like, well, I, I'm not going to work against you. I'm going to try to work with you. Yeah. And that's what happened next, right? Yeah, so she comes on stage, and this was obviously one of her most iconic performances of her career for the VMAs. For the 2003 VMAs. With Britney and Christina and Missy Elliott. Obviously, the Britney-Madonna kiss is the one that most people reference, even though she did kiss Christina as well. Yeah, but they had to cut away to Justin's face, which nobody wants to see. No, and it was kind of stupid. I mean, they were just... 12-year-old girls love that. They were drumming up controversy. Yeah. But I, I like that she, you know, when she came on that award show, she decided to do Hollywood, which is not like a... I mean, she could have done like something a little bit more... Well, she was pushing that single along with the Gap cam campaign. Yeah, yo, yo, who that be? Yeah. But yeah, it was... And I think... Cool. I don't... I'm, I might be wrong on this, but wasn't the, that year's show actually in Los Angeles? No, it was here in New York. It was? It oh, was at Radio okay. City. I thought that's maybe why she was doing Hollywood as well. No, it was in it was in Radio City because when I went to see Britney walk across the stage all night last year at Radio City, the one time she spoke into the mic, she said, Hey, y'all, last time I was here, I kissed Madonna. Ah, uh, I see. Well, there you go. There you have it. A full circle moment. So then there's a very long stretch of time from 2003. Cobwebs and crickets, I yes. like to call it. The, uh, I think there was a, a very big landscape of pop music was changing and shifting. The relationships that Madonna and MTV had in terms of her needing them, them needing her, you know, their brands have grown up and evolved and changed so much and they didn't really need each other as much as they used to when they first started out. and. So from 2003, we don't get Madonna back until 2009. 2009, um, 
It was a somber note that Madonna had came out. She opened the show that year with a small tribute to Michael Jackson, who had recently passed away. Um, obviously, Madonna and Michael Jackson came from that time in the 80s when they were the faces of MTV. Uh, so it was very appropriate that she came out to sort of give a bit of a, a eulogy. Yeah, a little... she, she's one of the elder statesmen of the MTV generation. But what I thought was interesting about 2009 the fact that she was there was that that was also one uh that was the first time that uh lady gaga did her poker face paparazzi mashup and to me that was the moment lady gaga arrived on the scene like when you saw that performance you sort of said okay things have changed there's a new fish in town correct and she lady gaga took advantage of that you know she knew that there was a window of opportunity. Madonna was no longer sort of the face of MTV anymore, and she was gunning for it, Lady Gaga, and good for her. Yeah, and I just want to, you know, say this once, you know, a lot of people are either Madonna or Gaga, and the way that I make peace with that is that I love Lady Gaga. I think she's an amazing artist. I love Madonna. She's an amazing artist in her own right. Lady Gaga is doing exactly what Madonna did. So let's not deride her for doing the same, you know, having the same drive and the same trajectory that Madonna had coming up. She just did it in a more digital way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and quite, she did it much faster. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, the, it took one album one year. The rise of Lady Gaga, the, the speed at with which mm-hmm. she catapulted herself is phenomenal yeah. considering that it took Madonna like far longer. Yeah. I, but yeah, it, it always, it's always upset me that people try to pit Madonna against Lady Gaga, you know, and they kind of bought into it for a while. I'm glad that's over. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It was cute and fun, but it was kind of just like, eh, yeah, enough. It was reductive. <laughs> Look it up. So then probably the longest spread of time to not have Madonna on the VMAs, which I think probably explains why I stopped watching the VMAs. Yeah, me too. That's I, I, From yeah. 2009, it was not until nine years later, which was last year in 2018, that we got to see Madonna. And oh, what a doozy that was. People did not like this. Uh, she was fresh from her vacation, her birthday vacation in Marrakesh. And... She came back wearing some Marrakesh ethnic garb. So she looked rather strange. That trip influenced her for much longer than it needed to because she also did that same thing at the Met Ball, you you know, almost a year later. Yeah, uh, but uh, she was meant to give a tribute to Aretha Franklin, uh, according to her. That was something that they sort of threw at her a few minutes before she was meant to go out. And if we all remember watching it, it's a very long meandering speech about her in the early 80s in New York City and occasional mentions of Aretha Franklin. Occasional fleeting Um, mentions. So yeah, so uh, that is currently the the last time. I mean, she's not going to be there for this year. No, she's busy. She's got other things. She's to got Batucaderas to feed. She's got Madame Maxine. She, there's a typewriter that needs to be typed. 
Did you see that photo of David Banda looking at the typewriter confused? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a touchscreen. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, so that, that to me is like, I mean, there is far more involvement that MTV and Madonna had with like specials and interviews. And, but I think... Remember all those Madonna weekends? Oh my oh, God, my so VCR could not handle that. Yeah, I think I have tapes of them. But it's fun to sort of look back and sort of see like from a, a marketing perspective how brands evolved you know the madonna mm-hmm. brand the mtv brand and how because of the changing landscape of music and their own notoriety increasing and becoming and more than what they originally were you know what we didn't discuss is there was that event in 91 it was called mtv 10 uh, correct yes i i'm here because i wanted to talk to you about us Madonna did this video, and I think it was directed by David Fincher. Uh, Alex Kishishin. Oh, Kishishin. Even better. And they had her dressed up like Betty Davis. Yes. Uh, with a she beret. Like sort of red, it was all beautifully done, black and white, but she had like reddish auburn hair. Yeah, and she's accepting this award and, this, uh, you know, this like three-minute video where she's actually going down on the award. Um, she looked great, and it's such a standout moment, and it goes back to how much airtime she got on MTV. She could do whatever she wanted on MTV. Well, right. So MTV 10, which is the special, it was their 10th anniversary of being on the air. And they had asked all of the stalwarts of pop music up until that point that it sort of helped shape the face of their channel. So Aerosmith, Michael Jackson, George Michael, Madonna, they were all sort of asked to be part of this hour-long special on MTV. And I don't remember anybody else, to be honest. Well, I, well, the reason you don't is because everyone else did musical performances. Mm. Madonna said, what if I did something different? And so she, she said, I'm not going to perform. I'm going to basically do a visual love letter. And it was very evocative of the opening of the Virgin tour? Correct. Not as... Well, no, I was going to say it's... it's it's as it's humorous. giddy and yeah. yeah and humorous and it's I think I used to have the entire monologue memorized. I know I did. Yeah, oh, God, I had it written down in a notebook. It's beautiful. I love that it sort of starts off, dear MTV, mm-hmm. uh, and it's you know hers. Uh, I'm your sister, mother, lover, brother, daughter, auntie, uncle, grandma, grandpa, little baby, baby Jesus. Jesus. It's brilliant. I love the, <laughs> I love everything about it, and um, I never named Jess name an award after me now did i you know like all there's just so many different beautiful parts about that um it's quite fun look it up it's look it up it's beautiful it's it's a wonderful little yeah i think we're gonna have to explore that for next episode's opening intro quote oh i love that yeah Yeah. that's good that's a good idea well we have covered madonna's relationship with the video music awards and i hope it was as informative for you and as fun as it was for us to go down that memory lane. All right, everybody. So before we wrap up today's show, I just wanted to give a small little op-ed again um, for all your listening pleasure. Uh, I think Steph has got something on his mind he wants to share with us. Yes. Uh, here's, here's a small little op-ed I wrote. It's entitled, Madonna Bakes a Cake. <laughs> oh, my darling listeners. We are at a wonderful time. On a daily basis, at least once or twice a day, Mother Madonna graces us with some Instagram goodies. We get boomerangs or videos or photos. Oh my! She's got candy galore. 
So many tasty treats almost affront our senses that it's sometimes too much to take in. I hear Vogue. There's a remix of I Rise. Wigs, trench coats, stairs. It's quite dizzying. Getting this peek behind the curtain is quite frankly a delicious snack before the tour main course gets served up. And it's the first week of August. You know what that means, kids. Behold, she is coming soon. Yes, opening night of the tour is coming so swiftly and before you know it, you're gonna go see the show and love it and then you're gonna be prostituting yourself to try and buy another ticket to go see her one more night. Oh yeah, that's right, I said it. You are gonna love the Madame X tour. Oh, really, Stefan? Just how do you know that? I can hear you ask me. Well, here's how. Um, okay, well, I don't really know if you're gonna love it. I mean, maybe if she was doing another arena show, I'd know in my heart of hearts that we were gonna love it. But with this small theater tour, I'm wondering exactly what we are gonna get. I had this crazy dream the other night that I went to one of the first Madame X tour performances and it was bonkers. She was singing weird covers of songs I'd never heard before and the dancing wasn't Madonna caliber dancing. It was like tons of stopping and starting and her taking breaks and wearing sadly put together costumes. Who am I kidding? That's not a dream. That's a fucking goddamn nightmare. Rescue me. But honestly, I have faith. I have faith that we're going to get something really bold and original and fresh. Not every portion might be our cup of tea, but Madonna knows her tea, and she's going to be pouring us a cup whether we like it or not. So get your cups ready with your two lumps of sugar all sticky and sweet, because Madame X is a barista with a fresh pot of some hibiscus herbal blend, and she's coming for you. She's coming for you with acoustic guitars and a black wig and a blonde wig and an eye patch and some voguing. And if we are really lucky, some 90s house beats. This tour will be a reinvention for her, a new classic. I bet it will be like if her performances of Impressive Instant and Beautiful Killer got together with Nobody Knows Me and Gang Bang. You are the one I've been waiting for. Maybe that's what I've been dreaming about. I sleep much better at night. Now drive, bitch. Thank you, Stefan. That got me very excited for the tour, except for the bit about the eye patch. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We appreciate your listening to our podcast. Um, we love making it for you. Please reach out to us at MLBC Podcast on Instagram. Send us your suggestions, questions, you know, anything you want to say. Bring anything it. at all. Anything at all. Bring it. Bring it. Uh, you can listen to us wherever podcasts are available. Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. And we look forward to talking to you guys next time. See you soon. Have a great week. Bye.